0: we played at PAX I should talk about some
1: games we played at PAX God I probably would have done me good to remember what I played at PAX
0: if only we had some sort of board we could write down <laughs> notes on well, I guess I'll in, get it in in black <laughs>
1: <laughs> even last year every time I boiled it down I was like I didn't do anything
0: yeah I know what? that's because most of the time you're walking around like this yeah. Like whether you're aware of it, it or not, to, uh, you're seriously Katie. walking around like this. Yeah. And she's like, What? I got
1: I went to what? Jimmy John's over What? Speaking of packs, I went to Jimmy
0: John's over. Oh, now. I went to Jimmy John's the first day back. <laughs> I swear to God. I swear to god I went to Jimmy John's. <coughs> I got so ill. I went <laughs> my stomach was like, That's no, it Really? <laughs> He's like, I was giving you the vacation and I was letting you eat that shit. And then uh, I when it as soon as it felt 130 degrees and Jimmy John's, it was uh, like, nah. That's not good. One
1: fun. or the other, please. Uh the other day I got that gargantuan. As like a joke. I was it's like, good? I wanna see what this is. It's like a Cosby sandwich. <laughs> it's like a Cosby now sandwich. Now I want it. It's <laughs> what? Are you serious? Yeah. Oh man. What's on it? Just about everything that they have. All the meat. Like all of the meat that they have goes on. All of it. it? Roast beef, ham, turkey, Capricola, pepper, whatever.
0: Animals. Animals. All the animals that they have. Animals slicing themselves on the slicer. <laughs> just down to a head. The head's just on the slicer. And it's moving back and forth still. It's like looking at you and smiling. <laughs> It's really weird. This is this is what's shitty. Uh, listening to the the media right now, about gears, everyone's saying that gears is like surprisingly good, and I don't know if they're just idiots, and it's really something different, because there's no real way to measure difference or quality between games. I mean, there's just you know subjective opinions. But when they're saying stuff like, "Well, the game's thirty hours," it, if that's true that's like measurably true then I can see that maybe they did change the game up a lot so maybe it is plausible that the rest of the game is as different as is the length of it you know what I mean the single player is 30 hours yeah like 20 to 30 hours or 25 to 30
1: I mean I guess it'd have to be if they're gonna wrap it up
0: that's just crazy it's like
1: three games worth of campaign in one game that the other two didn't have
0: it is is that what they said?
1: Well, if you figure, how long was Gears 1 and how long was Gears 2? And Gears 3 is like, this is it. Marcus Phoenix is dead, remember? No, I don't. I, I couldn't don't g- I've never, there's never it been It seems universe. like they would need 30 hours to tell you why those other two games were so important. Because they didn't
0: tell you anything in those games? Yeah.
1: Get to the Resonator.
0: You know, I liked just getting to the Resonator. That's kind of all I wanted to do with that game. Get to the Resonator. To the resonator. <laughs> I don't really care about anything else. I don't care about Dom or Baird or any of their stupid football Baird. histories. Dom. I don't want to know a lot about these characters at all. If ah, War 2 could have had entirely different people, I would have been fucking thrilled. It's actually been kind of cool, actually. Like, totally different team of people. Maybe, like, one person the same? Like, aliens? They just want Marcus to be, like, Master Chief. Marcus is the most unlikable hero... Since fucking Kratos. Like, what is to like about Marcus? He's just garbage. He's like the most western male ever. There's like nothing he does that's redeemable except succeed at killing things. (laughs) I mean, like, that's good. You know, he's helping people, I guess. But, like, out of context, what place does he have in the world? It's almost like when the locusts are done, they should just murder all the cogs cause they couldn't like <laughs> lead a society into anything useful
1: Rage is, like, the last game of its ilk that should ever be made, and that is primarily because it takes a lot of concepts that are, or that were created and built upon and iterated upon for a large majority of this generation, namely in games like Borderlands and Fallout and, uh, I'm not sure if I can think of anything else really other than those two games. Those are the two biggest things that come up. Because the gun combat in it, <clears throat> while it is a shooter and it's like a really competent shooter, it doesn't feel, like, if I think of what a shooter is and has been this generation, Rage is not really it. It's not the same kind of, like, Call of Duty-style shooting.
0: So does it still feel like an id shooter?
1: It's, like an, it's an id shooter. It's a very, like, weird, like, where all the weapons are very distinct from one another. They look distinct. They have, like, distinct uses. Yeah. And... <clears throat> instead of, like, mod- like where Call of Duty has 14 different assault rifles. And the nuances between them are important to people who care about that sort of thing. But in terms of, like, do I need to use the shotgun or the weird nail gun? Like, Red. quake weapons, where they're all really different. <clears throat> uh, it looks, notice, the only thing I would comment about looking is, like, they were running the PC version out on the floor, and the demo I played behind closed doors was the 360 version. It looks noticeably worse. I'll just say worse. It doesn't look as nearly as good. Uh, but I guess, provided that you're not looking in between the two, you would never notice. Really.
0: The PC looked ridiculous.
1: PC does look ridiculous. <clears throat> just in terms of. PC like a was of like things. the best looking game
0: I've ever seen. <clears throat> like, running, I mean, actually.
1: The way the PC looks. Like, everything in the PC version looks manifest in that world, like it all belongs. Yeah. The 360 version looks more like everything is textured with, like, an animated gif of that game. Yeah. It's a weird way to put it. I know what you're saying. But it's like a weird copy of a copy of a copy kind of thing where the quality just gets, like, weirder. Totally. As you remove yourself. But the way it feels, like, in just terms of, like, the flow of the combat and, like, combining gun usage with, like, uh what are kind of one-time-use weapons or, like, the uh, boomerang weapon you have. Yeah. Just, just like, really fun to use. And you can retrieve it. So it's not like you have to, like, conserve them for specific instances. Right. But you can lose it. But, like, just the way it feels to use it just felt
0: really good. Did, uh... Did you... This is off-topic, but you reminded me because of that. Did you see that um, THQ Avengers demo... By the canceled studio?
1: No, I saw the I saw a blip about it, but I didn't watch it. Uh,
0: well, they they took the video down, so I'm, I'm sure someone has it somewhere. But if you get a chance, you should watch that. It's like a first-person superhero game.
1: A weird it's first-person. Yeah, no it boy.
0: basically looks like Metroid Prime for superheroes. And you know what? It's wow. done. It's done really well. No, that sounds like it could be really interesting. I mean, even I mean, like they, they showed. Primarily, they showed Iron Man in the demo footage. Yeah. And so I was thinking, well, you know, Iron Man's a pretty dynamic character. He's flying, he's jumping, he's doing all these things. It probably is going to be pretty hard to translate that to a first-person perspective. But man, they did a really good job.
1: I say, if you're telling me it's more like Metroid Prime, then that's almost the kind of... Like the only way you could do it, really.
0: You know what's really funny is, do you remember the first video of Metroid Prime? I don't it was the, f- the very first video of Metroid Prime showed her it was, it was third person and it showed her coming out of her ball and going into her ball and I think even using her uh, grapple beam going through an area that kind of looked like the Chozo ruins from the first game but there were it basically looked like a third person game at that point and uh, or it would at least go out of first person into third person right and this game did that in such a way that it was almost, well, in a lot of weird ways, it was almost identical to the Metroid Prime first demo that was seen a long time ago. Like, there, would be, there were sort of fatality-type, um, context-sensitive, it seemed to be, moves that Iron Man would do where the camera would really quickly pull out of the first-person view, mm-hmm. go to, like, a five-foot radius or five-foot distance from him, and then, you know, he would smash someone's head into the ground. And then it would really quickly swing back into his head, and it's really disorienting like I can't imagine them pulling that off successfully uh, for the same reasons that when you watch the original Metroid Prime video you were like this couldn't be done I don't think without (laughs) being too jarring for the experience you know what I mean yeah but if you get a chance you should watch those because it looks like dare I say incredible for a superhero game I've never played a good superhero game
1: not even like Ultimate Alliance
0: no I don't think that's a good game I mean that's a serviceable game it's just not a. It's not a great game. I would never play through it again. Remember throwing guys off of a ledge 500 times to get an achievement. That's <laughs> not That's ideal. Bad yeah. So, so anyway, rage. So rage. Uh, if I beat my own high score on Pacifism. Yeah. Right now on your account. Yeah. I'll fucking kill myself. Thank God I died. <laughs> okay, go ahead. They're no, you're like, what the fuck did you do? That's really funny. Uh, I'm gonna be Katie's score with your screen name. <laughs> <laughs> That'll infuriate her. I had killed a man.
1: A man who looked like me. So it's kind of hard to comment. I can't really say anything that's like amazing about, new about Rage. There's nothing like novel about it. It just takes all of these concepts that. Like there's part of Borderlands that appeals to you, and then there's a great majority of it that you're like, this is terrible.
0: Yeah, I love everything about Borderlands. I don't like the way it looks, and I don't like the way it plays. That's why I want to play Rage.
1: But uh, Border, or Rage sort of takes the Borderlands kind of style, the w- future Western space cowboy thing, and adapts it to more of like an id game that's a little more focused, it's a little tighter, a little more refined, it's less open.
0: Is there any sort of leveling up in Rage?
1: I don't remember it from my from the demo that I played there wasn't any sort of it's just of like weird to not have a game
0: tree. that's so crazy. It's just weird to not have a game have upgrades.
1: There was a crafting system
0: oh. in it, basic. It's not that I disagree with not having upgrades. It's just right. that I don't it's I haven't strength. seen a game yeah, I agree. come yeah. out recently. I mean, I guess
1: there's upgrades in terms of like to use the um, I don't know what they call it, the boomerang thing. It's not a boomerang, but to use the boomerang weapon, it's like a wing something. You had to talk to an NPC and, like, complete a challenge using hmm. that weapon. That was pretty easy. So, zelda So, so I guess in terms of, like, that, it, that is kind of... an Yeah, it's more like you're learning new abilities or, like, access to new weapons rather than, like, upgrading into a tree where... Can you
0: go through the game without getting the boomerang type thing? Probably. That'd be interesting. I
1: played it for an hour, and I don't know if you ever hit a point where... Like in a game like Borderlands, you sort of do all the missions in a given section until the story progression yeah. goes on. I don't know if that's part of it. Like if that particular, it's like, man, you should probably learn how to use that boom boomerang thing before you move on. Right. Or if it's just, if you never do it, you never get it. I don't know. Uh, the crafting system was like really simple. You're picking up a lot of like goofy little items just like Fallout, but there didn't seem to be any like weight system or encumbrance. Hmm. And it's sort of like, if you just grab everything you see, you will more or less have what you need to make something at the right time. Like, you have to make, like, uh, they call it lock grinders, to, like, open up locked doors. Uh-huh. And I never, even in the hour I played, I had, like, four more than I ever needed.
0: That's good, because in theory, I like Borderlands, but, I mean, I hate that game. I hate it. It's one of the worst games I've Did ever played. Did you hate played. the
1: trekking back and forth?
0: I hate, I hate almost all the design because there was
1: a good bit of that in, in rage, but it seemed like if I had to guess the trajectory of the game, it seemed like that would get less and less common as I bet and you it would into the game. I bet you it would. It was it was a very typical like starting tutorial area. Yeah, of, go here, do this. Go talk to this guy in this next town. Then come back and see
0: me. But well, I hate Borderlands because Borderlands is like a <clears throat> very obviously an addiction.
1: It's less rage is less. Uh, transparent. Hmm. Like Borderlands is very transparent of like This is really just all window dressing for you to service an addiction.
0: Yeah. Really Which is cool. what Borderlands is. Yeah. That's why I don't like it. There's nothing there's nothing There's nothing deeper than the addiction in Borderlands. The art isn't good enough that I should be you know dealing with the addictive properties of the game just to see the next art. Yeah. The next piece of art, or hear the next piece of story, the game is just terrible, man. It's miserable.
1: And to it's me, such that's a chore.
0: To me, that's why. Um, and I play it still.
1: <laughs> to me, that's why I keep using Borderlands and Fallout because for Fallout, Fallout for me is the art is to see like the next weird ruin, or just to like yeah. let that aesthetic seep into my brain because I like looking at it for some some reason. Yeah. Rage has that combined with a serviceable, mechanically sound combat game shooter like Borderlands is, I think. I like the mechanics of that game, Hmm. shooting-wise. Everything else is just awkward and like padding to me.
0: Borderlands is a terrible experience to me. (laughs) I can't believe that they're putting out Borderlands 2 and it looks the way it does up against a game like Rage. Like It's almost like I wish Rage would have gone the route of having an upgrade a level up system a leveling up system that was you know, comparable to Borderlands so that Borderlands 2 wouldn't exist. (laughs) Because as it it stands, you know Borderlands 2 can come out even post-Rage and say, well, you know, we're scratching the itch for people who want to level up. You know, that's why we exist. But I really wish that Borderlands the development team was pushed harder because it really just looks like from everything that I've seen and heard that it it seems like it's just going to be Borderlands 2 with a few kinks or I'm sorry Borderlands with a few kinks ironed out and that's it and probably more thrown in I'm guessing yeah
1: (laughs) we fixed problems and replaced them with new ones Uh, you played Street Fighter Cross Tekken for a match or two I think yeah is that game any fun
0: I bet you that game's really, um, I'm not like a fighting game person, so I don't know. But the backgrounds and the graphics are really (laughs) the most... It's fun to look at. I mean, it's a beautiful game. Was it a four-button or a six-button game? I think it was a four-button. So it's like Tatsunoko? Boy, I don't really remember. Well, you know, Tatsunoko's like... Not that that matters to me either way, I was just curious. Tatsunoko's more like Marvel. Yeah. Ultimate, or I'm sorry, Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Um... This just felt like a really weird system. I, di- I didn't. I didn't have time to grasp it, right. um, which is why I was Especially playing it so terribly. Especially in the face of other people
1: who were clearly
0: right, Exactly. So difficult. So you know, my impressions on that game. I have no impressions about the gameplay because my experience with it doesn't matter.
1: Artistically, it was like really layered. There's yeah. just, like a lot going on. In There's like, a lot going on. Rivaling even and- the foreground. Yeah, and the separation between the two was like less than. I agree. Even like
0: Street Fighter Four. It was very interesting. It was a beautiful looking game. Uh, Dragon's Dogma.
1: That's game. <laughs> yeah, I played that in the in the first... Uh, that was the last thing I played in my hour that I got. That extra hour. Because there was nobody standing there, so I walked
0: up to it. So I thought that Dragon's Dogma was going to be kind of like a, a, a Demon's Souls Maybe a bit more complicated than Demon Souls. Like, maybe a bit more... It's a bit more complicated. Maybe a bit more demanding of you in terms of, like, uh, your abilities as a gamer. But, and I, I realize that the game is not even close to being done. But really, it was just a very frustrating, poorly put together thing. I couldn't... I mean, my main frustrations were I couldn't tell when I was hitting enemies. Yeah. Which is a very strange thing, you know. In that way, it's like Monster Hunter, specifically even boss enemies. Boss enemies, I could not tell when I was—I yeah, I couldn't, couldn't tell when I was hurting him at all.
1: I had a hard time too.
0: I mean, the frame rate was terrible because it's an early build, and and there were all sorts of problems that I'm not going to bring up because it was an early build. But something as seemingly important as the boss's animations when you hit it during the battle, because they're basically trying to make it like a Monster Hunter, yeah, or it's trying to incorporate Monster Hunter's mechanics subtly. Yeah, within like a Western, uh, uh, like a Western appreciated aesthetic, right? You know that's their plan, obviously. Yeah. But fighting the Griffin tri combo monster is yeah. that what you thought? Yeah, the lion thing, lion yeah. snake goat thing. Yeah, fighting that thing, I couldn't really tell what I was doing, what I should be doing next, um, what was effective, what wasn't effective. Um, Because the monster was moving around so much in this closed area, I couldn't really get a good... Well, it wasn't easy to pick out the monster's patterns, if there were any. I know you didn't really play Monster Hunter that much, but it just seems like Monster Hunter's battles against the monsters, which are all the game is, were a lot more elegantly achieved and realized. I got to the point
1: in Monster Hunter Tri where you fight... um... Whatever the first major monster is, the big raptor. Uh-huh. Like I got to that. I got to that point. Yeah. And after I defeated that, I was like, I don't think I want to keep going on. This. That was it. And it's no fault of the game. I just did not want to take the time commitment. Yeah, you can tell it's gonna be a lot. Yeah,
0: the game Dogma itself is great. Like, Dogma term- might be the same, but
1: in terms of the presentation and like all of this and like the aesthetic and everything, that I, there's no fault of Monster Hunter Tri other than its problem is that it's like a hundred plus hours. Yeah. That I don't want to spend on that game. Uh, did you have someone like talking to you? No, your-
0: actually, I walked. my My experience was particularly bad because I walked up to someone else's game who left midway through the mission in the dungeon. Oh, jeez! And they'd like gone off exploring in the dungeon, <laughs> so I walked up to uh, a character not knowing which way to go. Blah 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 blah. Right. blah. But I'm not complaining about those aspects of the game because it would be stupid to no, it's me. just, I'm a just bad, complaining it's just about the bad time the, to come into the demo. Yeah, I'm only complaining about the actual mechanics, which seem terrible. Plus, that scroll—the PC-style scroll of everything that's happening—yeah, during the match or whatever yeah. you want to call it—I don't like that at all. In that kind of game, it's very jarring for me, especially since yeah, that I'm game not sure
1: what it's there for other than if they're trying to bridge. I mean, obviously, they're trying to bridge like the
0: like an MMO aspect. That's a very Western thing, and I don't but like it. Keep that shit out of Japanese-developed games. It doesn't need to be there.
1: What, see, see, what to me, I restless... think that feels very Japanese in a weird
0: way. Oh no, I think it, it makes feels... me think
1: of like Metal Gear Online.
0: No, it makes me think of PC games that like Scrolls Planet,
1: where it's just like constantly updating you on like kills and stuff.
0: Yeah, but it doesn't do it in the same way. See, to me, it makes me think of like uh, like playing Quake Two how yeah. every single kill and every good game and every has yeah, left yeah. the room is popping up at the top of the screen in the, um what do you call that area? It's like
1: chat window or whatever. Yeah, there's, there's another name for it
0: though. Um But anyway, that's what it reminds me of. And of course, it reminds me of World of Warcraft. And
1: yeah. The problem I had with Dragon's Dogman, this is something I brought up to you a while ago, was that <clears throat> it seems like we're really getting. It's its starting to feel like we're getting to the end of this generation because. Not because games have stopped looking better, because they haven't. I mean, I'm still amazed about what people are cranking out of these machines. Visually. 2. Visually. Yeah. But. Con- control schemes are just getting out of fucking control. Yeah. No pun intended. They're getting unwieldy and overly complicated. Like, yeah. Dragon's Dogma... The, you know, I had said a guy this
0: to me before, but I don't understand how a new generation is going to alleviate those problems. Well, I had a guy showing me the game, I guess, because I was media. Supposedly. And... So
1: he was, like, explaining to me, and he didn't help at all. I was probably every bit as confused, maybe a little less so than you. Because, like, you know, if you hold down... So if you hold L1, you can do all of these. Like, it changes what the face right. buttons do. Totally. But there's, like, three buttons that modify what the face buttons yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. So all told, there are probably upwards of 20 different inputs on the controller. That's why
0: I couldn't get a grasp on and what I even was doing. At any given time, and I'm like, this is ridiculous.
1: Put this on a PC. If this is how, how complicated I think that's it has the real to problem to me.
0: It seems like... The type of games that they're... Well, it seems to me that the type of market that they're trying to reach for is the PC market. And in doing so, you just can't translate those controls to the console market. Well, to me, it's like... Instead of,
1: instead of working on a mechanically sound game or working on sound mechanics, they just add more of them yeah. to, like, compensate for something that's lacking in another part of the game. You know what I mean? Hmm. I don't know. It's a hard thing to explain without getting to like game design one oh one that I don't I'm not educated enough to speak on. But it just feels like things are tacked on to make up for shortcoming
0: shortcoming which should be fixed first. I understand what you're saying. Because it's a console game. My perspective on it is different though. My perspective is that it's bad design. It's like an inelegance uh, of uh, something that I can't really explain I've been trying to for a while of the the console controller the relationship between the player and the controller that's been established since like the Nintendo Entertainment System yeah it's just like an, it's a, like an understanding of that it's it's like that's being forgotten well the reason that's what it bothers me the, the most. reason
1: the reason that you said like you're not sure how the new generation would fix that to me it's because that a new generation sort of forces developers to simplify everything again because they're learning a new platform hmm but I don't know I can't guarantee that that will happen with every successive generation because the differences will get smaller and smaller as consoles become even more like PCs and PC services consoleize the experience like Steam and like there's an apex that they're both re- they're both coming to work from opposite sides. Yeah. I don't know. It's almost like a party that gets out of control. Where it's like, all right, control schemes are too complicated. This is we're done. You need to just go back to something simple again.
0: Yeah, I think that's what... Uh,
1: Pick a good concept and run with that.
0: Well, I mean, th- yeah, that's what I... I, 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 I agree. We're, on, we're saying the same thing from yeah. different sides. Like, I... That's why touch is so refreshing to some people. Because game developers are approaching control from really inelegant ways, and it's too complicated for most people to even comprehend. And the scary thing is that when it gets to be too complicated for gamers to comprehend... (laughs) Like, I could understand Dogma, Dragon's Dogma, after I played it for a good hour, but... Right. Admittedly, it's getting a little rough. And when it starts to be getting rough for me and you, who, you know, we host a podcast about video games... Yeah. Then that makes me scared that that sort of control is going to just go away and be replaced by total touchscreen control. Because I think... I think the reaction that these kind of control schemes are going to create within the markets that are being constru- I'm sorry I think that the reactions that these control schemes are going to create within the markets that they're trying to establish that is non-gamers uh, are just going to further push away like traditional control schemes and, and further make developers rely on really simplified oversimplified touch type shit uh, because, you know, the demographics, the market that they're going to be appealing to is going to be like, I don't want to play that. It's too hard for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. That sounds like, I guess it's an old man thing to say.
1: Maybe. I think motion-based gaming is pretty much ridiculous and terrible.
0: You know, yeah. it is at this point, but I, I don't doubt that it one day won't be. And I saw a fucking, well, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Uh,
1: We both played Need for Speed The Run. I don't like it. That's a game. I don't see how... I think the only reason I didn't outright hate that game was because I actually ended up playing Hot Pursuit for a little bit. So I got used to it's really... basically heavy, like fat-ass cars. Yeah. I got yeah. used to that. So like when I played the demo, I did pretty well. But the demo was really strange in that if they didn't tell me it was a different game, I wouldn't have known it. Me neither.
0: Because it's the same like nondescript
1: desert, really nice looking desert environment.
0: Right. know t- it's almost like a time travel like Pax moment. <laughs> I stepped. I stepped up to it. <laughs> it was it almost and I was in the like, same spot too. Yeah, I was like, did someone take the booth down from last year, or <laughs> is it literally the same booth? And yeah, even the booth girl looked the same. Yeah. But the reason I don't like that game is because it's too. That whole series is way too cinematic, and it sacrifices way too much mechanically. Uh, because of it. I mean, there's just not an incredible amount of depth to that to those driving mechanics. I just don't... Like, Split Second, I think was uh, the, the best racing game, the best compromise between solid mechanics that allowed you to get really good at them and a really cinematic presentation. Whereas Need for Speed is just basically this really cinematic presentation that's getting more and more cinematic and it's getting even easier and easier to drive. I just it's it's like off-putting to me because it's not challenging, you know. I don't know. It just it feels awkward. It
1: has an awkward feel. Let's skip that one. Let's skip that one for now. uh... I played Trials. It's Trials. Right. Um, I'm trying to do these in a way that's more interesting, so we don't end on something stupid. Uh, You played Orcs Must Die, which is a weird tower-defense
0: hybrid thing. Yeah, it's like a third-person tower-defense game uh, for XPLA. If you like tower-defense, it's amazing. Talking about complex control schemes, it was another situation where you're put up... You walk up to this uh, kiosk, and you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Yeah. And the control schemes for that game, because you're doing so many things are obviously pretty complicated, and they're not necessarily like any other game out there. Right. So there's no... There's no common ground that you can sort of establish footing on. But, uh... That game's really good-looking. And it it plays really fun. I wish it just had a, a totally different art style than, you know, the American comic World of Warcraft Blizzard style.
1: Like a cartoon... That, like, cartoony, yeah, I just don't like that.
0: Is it, is it that hard for people to develop a new style of art on this side of the I don't the think it planet? is, it's just it's so easy. As if That's what's... Uh, like it, uh, I mean, it, there it, are it, a lot it, of people that it are It fires
1: just... on those neurons.
0: Yeah, and there are a lot of people that are trying to draw that way because of, you know, that's what they've played. Yeah. I just hate that style.
1: And in the same booth, you played the uh, upcoming XBLA release of Sonic CD. Yeah. Which I played actually I played it too, but I don't I'm not as familiar with the game.
0: So they changed so. His, his spinning animation. That's what that's what I walked away from that.
1: Is it a is it bad or is it just different?
0: Well no in, in, in the original Sega C D game when Sonic would do his Sonic spin dash. Yeah. Uh I think that mechanic I don't really know this for sure, but you know, Sonic two and Sonic C D were being developed at the same time. Uh, just by different teams. Uh-huh. And, you know, Yuji Naka was developing Sonic 2 and a different team was developing Sonic CD. And they weren't really in communication with each other very much, I don't think. And I think what happened was Yuji Naka created the... or someone on his team, his team created the spin dash move as a way to accelerate really fast. Mm-hmm. And I think it was incorporated into CD at a really late point in the game's development. Because that team recognized how critical it would be to the future of the series, right? You know, right. So they never really had an animation for it in the game. It would, when you press down and the jump button, you would just go into Sonic's air tumbling, spinning animation. You oh, would really? still, yeah, you would still hear the zzzz as he like sped up, but it would literally just be this like slow rolling uh, hedgehog weird animation. Yeah, Man, it was, I don't even remember that. It was very strange, but uh, they took the s- sprite from Sonic Two and placed it in uh, this version of Sonic CD. So it looks a little, it looks a little better, you know. So admittedly. it's even
1: more kind of like I mean, at least it's historically appropriate, I guess. Yeah, that they didn't pull it from some uh, like three, right, or Knuckles or something.
0: It uh, that game looks really amazing. They're not there's a filter on it, but it wasn't really well done, or it wasn't really well developed. I don't know how to explain this. It wasn't Did they finished. have it
1: on the demo to turn on?
0: You could turn it on and off. Oh, I but don't. it was off primarily. And it looks amazing off. Yeah, he did say that they it were still kind amazing of amazing off. It. Yeah. But and it's the It looks so nice without it. Japanese soundtrack because of licensing issues. Yeah, to which I offered you know, if it's a money thing, include the American licensing or I'm sorry, include the American soundtrack. As DLC, I will pay for it.
1: I s- I asked him the same thing uh, when I went back and played it by myself and there was another guy there who was like super like super fan of Sonic. Um,
0: yeah, I, th- I had one of those. And his he, uh, breath was terrible. Yeah, and it wasn't that guy, but his
1: breath might have been bad, but I was further from him, fortunately. <laughs> and he said
0: like the exact same
1: thing. He's like, is it something you could just charge for? Because I'd pay it. Without even like establishing a
0: price. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of those things where I pay probably like fifty dollars for it. Yeah,
1: and he's like Japan but he was more—he was way more fanboy. Right? I was like Japanese, and... and the guy clearly the guy had already heard it several times over the weekend. Oh yeah, and I'm he's sure. Like, he's like, I know we can't. He's like, he goes, he was like, if it was up to me, I would just put it in there,
0: but I can't, or we can't, or whatever he <laughs> phrased it. But. They should include. Well, I don't know how you would include or incorporate your own soundtrack ability. It wouldn't really be functional. Well, the
1: 360, the, the operating system for the 360 doesn't really allow for it the same way that the original Xbox did. It's still one of the m- biggest slash, m- slash minor complaints I have about the 360 versus the original Xbox is the implementation of criti- of custom soundtracks or lag thereof.
0: Why? How is it different? I can't well, think of one. Well, because in why.
1: 360 you can just put MP3s on the system and play them over the game. Right. Like just using the, the built-in media player. Uh-huh. But like, on Xbox... You could you would put like your media on the system, and if a game supported custom soundtracks, you would do it through the game. Uh-huh. And so the songs would be cued and triggered by in-game events, as opposed to just like a stream of music that's playing over the. What action. game
0: had that on regular Xbox? A lot of them,
1: a lot of racing games like Burnout 3. PGR did. PGR did all the burn the Burnout games did. A lot of racers did. Yeah, I thought those, that was really forward-thinking
0: when it was happening on and Xbox it's a,
1: it's a small thing but like it's kind of important that like if you pick music that you want to race to at least for me like I would pick songs that started off really good like started off already sure. going because that's how I wanted my race to start was to the beginning of this yeah. song so it's important that the song starts when the race starts as opposed to just right. like a Three. looping playlist yeah. that's over top what you're doing it's just not the same and it's a really weird step backwards
0: Ollie. Well, it's a step backwards uh, in terms of like user ability.
1: Well, in ter- well, in terms of like when someone says custom soundtracks, what that means to me is basically replacing the game's yeah. music with your own. Yeah. And I wonder—I've always wondered if like developers or publishers ended up having a really big problem with that, of the or even like a like the you know recording industry. Of yeah, I music think from- appearing as though it was part of the product when it is not.
0: I think from every angle that situation presents a problem. Like, I think it presents a problem to a lot of different people. Probably to the people, like, you know, if it was an EA game, for example. EA has their whole track system where they go through all this effort and spend all this money to get all these terrible licensed artists. Right. That, you know, there's no consistency thematically in any of the games because it's such, like, a wide, like, shotgun spray of different genres. (laughs) Like, you know, Madden, there'll be 30 Seconds to Mars and Lil Wayne and all these different artists. Anyway you know, I'm sure they say something along the lines of, you know, we go through all this trouble to get all this uh, music so that it's cross-promoted, and here you're giving the user the ability to just totally not even listen to it if they didn't want to. So that's just one angle that I can see it being a problem I'm sure. from. I'm sure it has something to do with money.
1: The cutscene or cutscenes were really well done. Yeah. And primarily your point was that the realization of like what was going on in them just seemed really smart and well done.
0: Yeah, it was like just really like well done. Use the
1: example of the, the finger coming out of the sky. and like Even in-game... It wasn't. You couldn't even tell the curvature of the finger. Well, right. It was so, so, huge. so like, yeah. that so, kind of consideration, I guess. To...
0: So there's that scene in the in the game that everyone knows of, where right. the giant stone god is so large, he's towering over the earth in like suborbital space, <laughs> in low Earth orbit, and uh, he slams his finger down through the atmosphere, and in the process of doing so, his finger's burning up, uh, as anything does around. That's going through re-entry, and it's just this like giant spectacle. But you know, when you take into consideration the scale of things, his finger is so large that you wouldn't—that were you the size of a normal man—and it was approaching you, right. you wouldn't be able to recognize the curvature of it. Right. It would just simply be like a straight this, wall, a like, stone wall coming right. down at you. <laughs> and so you know, it seems like a really insignificant detail, but the fact that that is how they represented it. Quote unquote, realistically, as this giant wall of stone. Right. uh, Was just really impressive to me. It reminded me of. Like, the. Like, some. It reminded. Well, see, I really, really like animation, which I don't really talk about too much, but really good animation is probably, to me, the most moving thing that there is. No pun intended. Uh, So I really like things like (laughs) the Thundercats intro right it's like the Thundercats intro is some of the best animation I've ever seen in my life in terms of not just the quality of the animation but the dynamism of the direction Mm -hmm. and so this whole game is like watching and interacting with a really well executed well animated well directed super dynamic uh, intro to some 80s cartoon you know
1: okay
0: it's like when you would watch Thundercats remember all the shit that went down in the intro Right. There was never that sort of action in the actual episode.
1: No, because they spent all their money on the intro.
0: Yeah, well there's that. I mean, the quality of the animation wasn't as such, but there actually wasn't that much going on in the episode. It was going on oh yeah, like, like even five the seconds. Direction, like
1: the choreography of action wasn't even that Right. Right.
0: But this game seems, from what I saw, to be like a non-stop, uh, really dynamic, third time I said it, visual, interactive visual thing. Like I don't even think that I don't really even think or care too much about the mechanics which is a weird thing for me to say but I'm just more interested in seeing whoever's directing this fully realize their vision for this weird animated world because so far what I've seen looks fucking amazing
1: from uh what you watched from like a game I didn't I didn't watch it and I haven't seen it for as far as gameplay is there was there just like a typical like well there seems a man to be like around an environment you're mashing on buttons to like beat them up
0: yeah but you seem to be focused on like one enemy at a time kind of like Z targeting from Zelda but also kind of like less like Z targeting more like Vanessa in uh, piano three okay and you well at least in what I was watching, you have a sort of shot like her too. Uh, you know in and, and to be honest in a lot of ways the game reminds me a lot of piano3 It's probably going to be this really stylistic thing that uh, whose gameplay isn't super complex or super deep or super good but it services this aesthetic right and this in this case it's gonna service this I don't even want to say narrative it's gonna service this music video, this... Yeah, I don't know. ...thing? I don't know. It's really interesting.
1: It has almost a... Liquid, it reminds me- Like a liquid television quality? Yeah. Where it's
0: like... Totally separate from everything else in the world. Like, you they're know, not like expecting the, it.
1: Like, the story of Eshur's Wrath is in someone's head just for the sake of using a number, of a volume of time or whatever. Two hours long. Right. But you come in... Thirty hours in, thirty right. minutes in, and you leave fifteen minutes before the end. Right, and you're just like, "What? The f- I don't have any
0: basis for any of this." It's me, yeah. you know. I, to me, that's great fiction, because so much right. is left unsaid. It's just, we always talk about this. It's the reason right. we like Halo, you know, it's it's the reason I like any short. But fiction.
1: that's why I always think about stuff like that. The, um, like the, um, I can't remember the name of it, but the the Future Racer, one. Extreme G. No, the Liquid Television short. Running Man. Is it Running Man? Yeah. yeah Shoji Kawa one? Yeah. Like that existed prior to that animation starting and will continue to persist after yeah, that It's like you walked over. in on something going on yeah. and you're just like, what?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. That's why Liquid Television was cool. They, you know, even... The way it was, it was so... What's the word? I guess you could say... I guess you could describe it as like very, very postmodern. And they used the flicking of TV channels to sort of explain away right, the disconnectedness of the whole thing. You know what I mean? Right. That's why it was kind of interesting. Actually, you know the producer of that show? His name's Jeff Asher. I found him on Twitter and I started following him. He posts some interesting things. Thank you for listening to the podcast Nineteen AATX. Prey 2? That's a game It's exciting, right? So exciting, I fell asleep. That's exciting. Yeah. I don't know. You're all about that game, man. I'm. I'm not gonna.
1: I am, and I. But I also. But you like. You like poured a bucket of cold water over me. Yeah, I can't imagine. It's like when you and show like, your I girlfriend thinking, a video and, game. And I was and thinking she doesn't about it, and, about and, it and, and at I was all. like, oh, "He's right. He's right. Like he's hundred. He's hundred percent right. God damn it."
0: Looks good though.
1: Aesthetic goes so far for me. Yeah. And that's, like, proof positive. that, it, Like, I was even overlooking... And I saw the demo again. Of course, it's a controlled demo. And, of course, he's been... He's done it a million times. And he's been taught or trained or even he developed it to run through a very yeah. specific set of, pa- of behaviors. So seeing it the second time, I started getting the, the feeling of, like, oh, it's just, like, a one-two punch thing the whole game, right? This yeah. weapon, then this weapon, then this weapon. Right. Like, you just, you know rocket launcher, then pistol the last guy, and move on, kind of thing. Like, right. So I don't know how much, but the fact that he basically played the demo the exact same way I saw it the first time didn't help that at all. But thinking about it, yeah, that game mechanically is pretty boring.
0: Pretty shallow. But I mean, hey, I was just talking to be an amazing thing, so I'm not... <laughs> I'm not looking down on just looking... at near, like, I'm not calling it narrow-minded to, like not pay attention to the mechanics and just pay attention to the uh, aesthetics. Because that's that's basically what I was doing with Sir's Wrath. I mean, Prey 2 looks really good, too. I even, I totally agree. Especially, for as much as people are saying it looks like Blade Runner, it doesn't. It's a very unique and original world universe I I think they created. Star Wars, actually. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. It looks like it's a mix between Star Wars and Duke Nukem. Uh (laughs) Yeah, me, like that universe. Yeah. yeah, and Mass Effect a little bit maybe because some of the aliens look kind of Mass Effecty. But either way, uh, you know, it's it's harder. It's almost harder as a developer speaking as one. It's almost harder when you're like trying. Well, when you're using an aesthetic that's already well established, a lot of people look down on that. But it's way more difficult to come off with something that's impressive when you do that. Like so many people are comparing this to Blade Runner at this point. It feels to me like it has so much to live up to aesthetically. Yeah. That the team has just gone so far above and beyond what they had to do to meet that challenge. Yeah. Like the cyberpunk challenge, if you will. I <laughs> I think Blade Runner has been I think people have
1: when they compare a lot of people, I would say. When they compare something to Blade Runner, the comparison is apt. It's it's not totally without merit. But I feel like people have like a checklist in their head of what the aesthetic of Blade Runner is.
0: What's your checklist look like? Because mine's different than most people's, I can tell you. To me, Sonic 2 or Sonic 1 has like a Blade Runner aesthetic. Sonic CD does also. And Radiant Silvergun, obviously. But most people say that Deus Ex has like a Blade Runner aesthetic. Whereas like I look at Blade See, Deus Ex and I'm like, this looks nothing like Blade Runner. Deus
1: Ex looks like Neuromancer to me. When I read Neuromancer, yeah. what Deus Ex has makes me constantly think of like William Gibson novels, constantly. Yeah. And like maybe sometimes like weird Genesis games that I don't remember the names of, but a lot of those Genesis games look like William Gibson
0: novels. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's
1: that it's that continue It's that 1989 feedback loop of 1980s. Trajectory. Yeah. Uh, well I mean like people say Blade Runner it's like neon
0: okay do you agree with that?
1: I mean neon is a trope of noir it's not a trope of Blade Runner uh huh and then they're like dirty gritty rain streets again that's noir right Blade Runner exactly like to me if something feels like Blade Runner it's more tonal than visual like there's just like a weird Hmm. feeling that something evokes like a weird sort of bleak emptiness
0: I would agree with that to me for some reason uh, when I think of Blade Runner I think of really polluted sunsets and (laughs) like sprawling dystopic megalopolises. you know what I mean like those are the those are like the main things that I think of when I think of Blade Runner because like to me the most evocative part in that movie is when they're like it's the only time when they're flying at sunset and you actually get to see daylight in that movie right and you actually get to see what the world looks like Above the city streets, right. That is what stuck in my head as Blade Runner-ish. You know what I mean? That's why I think a lot of treasure games are Blade Runner-ish. But that's just my own take on
1: it. To me, the, I guess the biggest thing I take away from Blade Runner in terms of aesthetic is layered. Yeah, and I don't mean. I mean, almost mean layered in almost every way you could take it. There's just like a weird layering of architecture yeah. and visuals, and like, like the scene of him for me. The, for me, the the thing I take away from Blade Runner, usually when someone mentions it, the first thing I think of is him standing in front of the uh, the electronics store with the newspaper, yeah, and then immediately following him at the noodle bar, of just like how many layers of things are around him, yeah, both vertically in terms of yeah. the city and visually in terms of like the signage and everything that's around
0: him. Would you remember that Mobius drawing that is used, or the movie models a scene after? It's that scene. I probably have it in my head, but I yeah, can't be sure. I know you do for sure. It's that scene where he steps out onto his patio with like a drink in his hand yep. and he's like looking down at the city. Yeah. That to me is layered. Uh, it's it's incredibly layered. Um, so is like his house. What's the name of the um Frank Lloyd Wright house that the Ennis house? That's what just- the Ennis house that he is actually in, when that he's in, that they use to as Deckard's apartment. Right. The uh, South American, uh, South American Indian, uh, like Mayan, Aztec, yeah, style of.
1: It's that weird, like indigenous Central American.
0: Almost like labyrinthine, like maze like. Yeah, I've
1: always tried to describe, like, figure out like why I think that is the case. Because I don't know if it, I, I don't know for a fact if it is, and I could probably if it is what it intentional.
0: What which like if Frank Lloyd Wright intentionally? It is. Oh, he did. It is okay. for sure. It's just that weird he was like really feather. into that at a certain point of his life, and he like um, incorporated a lot of it into his the designs The fact that it's that all time.
1: blocks, like made out of like yeah. cubes. Totally. One makes it look like a like Aztec ziggurat, exactly on, like some jungle plane.
0: The Ziggurat, anyway, of course.
1: The, yeah, I wouldn't really... I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Because I saw Prey 2 and I didn't really think... I thought Blade Runner in terms of... Oh man, other people are going to say this looks like Blade Runner. Yeah. But to me, the biggest thing I saw... The biggest thing that stood out to me was actually Star Wars. I don't know if that's good or bad.
0: Well, I hate Star Wars, so... Probably bad for me. I, but then again, I, I don't really see it as Star Wars-y. I
1: like Star Wars, but I'm constantly reminded that I don't. Like Star Wars, yeah. I don't know. There's a kernel of something in Star Wars that I really like. And totally. everything else that's wrapped around it, I can't stand. It's
0: your childhood and the uh, well, like I said, little bits of quality that were in as that I've movie. been like
1: seeing all these things leak out about what's been changed with the Blu-ray and all that stuff because it's been hard to avoid it. Yes. And it's curious, and I'm just curious to see what he's doing now with technology. It's like some of my favorite gaming memories are playing Star Wars games. And it's almost like me the too. Re- the reality of what's in those games is so different from what that franchise has become. It's yeah, like, I don't it's, know how it happened
0: cuz it's not George Lucas creating it. You know. Well, what I yeah, mean? no that's it for one. And thing. because it's the fans creating it, I would say that's why Star like, Wars games work. Like if I think back yeah. to
1: certain parts of like Jedi Knight 2, or like Jedi Academy. There are some really interesting places in those games that are just weird, like monolithic space future places that just look so bizarre. Did you play
0: Dark Forces? Yeah. Did you beat it? Yeah. Do you remember the Dark Trooper Yeah ship at the end? How when you faced off against the Dark Trooper? It was this giant arena ish room and yeah. he just came in and he yep. he came in, in his voice and was like I forget what he said.
1: He said something psychotic.
0: Yeah, he said something psychotic like Terminator ish robot voice. Yeah. And it just echoed throughout the room, yeah. and you were like, holy shit. <laughs> I mean, that, that was good fiction. You know, they used Star Wars as a good vehicle for the fiction at that point. But I mean, at, at this point, Star Wars isn't really a vehicle for fiction anymore. It's basically like Star Wars colon Star Wars <laughs> colon Star Wars. Yeah. Like an Ouroboros, like just yeah. chewing itself up and spinning itself out. In this mess, sad. It's
1: so. Have you seen the? As a side note, have you seen the? Uh, like, come across the fact that there are versions of the of the original three films now that have been composited from like three different source materials to edit out all of the special edition features Perfect. that he's put in. Perfect. Good.
0: I'm, I'm glad someone took. You know, I,
1: I have one of them and I watched it. It's really well done. Like this guy spent months on it really he took like a 14 gigabyte like raw video from mm-hmm. like some clean print he's taken footage from like the 2006 DVDs he's taken footage from the HDTV versions
0: and he's anything from the Laserdisc cause that'd be I don't impressive. know
1: I don't know I have to look but like I'm on sure some, something there's, he'll, he has a couple images like where he shows the original three versions he used and like he's like here's how I like, rotoscoped out this thing huh He's like, I took it right back out of the. Film. Interesting,
0: you know what Star <laughs> Wars reminds me of? The franchise reminds me of what all games are going to eventually be. Oh boy, which that is, is bad. Yeah, but I mean, like, which is uh, games as platforms, where they're just like constantly <sighs> renewed and redone and recycled and. That's so depressing. It is. It's really depressing.
1: That's also pretty forward-thinking by I...
0: Lucas, despite the fact he's...
1: What else was I just listening to where they were talking about some game, and I'm like, that game's not even a game, it's a platform now. Maybe it was World of Warcraft. I don't remember.
0: I mean, certain games as platforms, like Minecraft, I don't really see a problem with, but like when you're making... Uh, it just seems like games as platforms, that concept is going to totally do away with the concept of like games delivering an experience. That's like consumable and punctual and a thing. Yeah. You know, there's no reason, there's no need it's for them be, to do it anymore. It's a
1: game where it's like, here's a bunch of stuff you have to pay for and.
0: Yeah. There's Emerging, no direction behind Emerging it. Urgent gameplay. Because everyone's so talented. <laughs> is it the beach is a good place to pick up girls because you can really see tricky. Most beaches are. Cool.
1: Dude, let's talk about Cairo because that's kind of the opposite of Prey Two.
0: Yeah, in a lot of ways. What do you think about it?
1: I like that game a lot. Even though I played it backwards, apparently. And I like the fact that that is the case. I like it even more, actually.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Skyro's like third person. I'm sorry. First person. First person missed. uh, On like, uh, I would say like Quake 1, Quake 2 style. Straight up that game. Fidelity graphics. Hey, man,
1: straight up that game is Kingsfield.
0: Kingsfield. That's why I like that game. The architecture in
1: that game looks a lot like Kingsfield.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the whole game is made by one guy who's doing all the modeling and all the programming and everything himself, so...
1: Perrin something, I can't remember his other name.
0: Right away, um... Right away, it's it's Im- important to me because it has the direction that I was just speaking of disappearing from the industry. Because one person's working on it. Right. You know, there is, there's a message in there. Whether or not he shares it with you, it's consistent. Because Even he's the only way
1: one doing it. the way he explained it to us, I kind of... Because a lot of people do the whole... the, the thing with the, like, he, he didn't do the Peter Molyneux of right. like, what this game is trying he, to do. Here's what the dog... And here's what I'm trying to do with the dog. He was like... Because you asked him, you're like, so what are you like... I forget how you phrase it, but you're like, so what's the setup? Like, what are you doing? And he goes... You go, are you just figuring things out? And he goes, no, there's a... He goes, there's a purpose and a reason to everything you're doing in the game. And he's right. like, and hopefully by the end of it... He goes, hopefully by the end I've made it Pretty abundantly clear what you've been doing, great. And why you've been doing it? That sounds great. And I was like, right? that sounds perfect. Just about.
0: It. I know. And totally agree. That game was really interesting looking.
1: But in terms of, uh,
0: you can't go into it expecting <clears throat> like a really high fidelity experience, though. If you're no, I think this.
1: it's almost a game where it's like you couldn't even explain it. It's almost if you tried to do a write up on it and candid it to somebody. The, the amount of explaining that would do versus showing them like even five seconds of the game. Right. If you just showed them five seconds, they'd go, "Oh, it's like a weird, which is architecturally interesting
0: puzzle thing." Which is what I like about games.
1: And some people might say, "No thanks," and that's, um, some people like us might go, "Yeah, this yeah. sounds great." You've removed almost everything from the game from a, from a game experience that could bother me.
0: Right. Exactly. Are
1: there other people? No. Great. <laughs> exactly that's the number one thing (laughs) is there a narrative forced on me no perfect (laughs) perfect as far as the puzzle I didn't the, the only problem is like not problem I should say the only thing I'm sad or I look forward to being able to play it again is because when I explained to you what I played you basically said to me it sounds like you went through it backwards yeah and I had no idea I was going through it backwards. I was like, man, this is great. I'm just looking at weird things. I'm trying to figure them out.
0: <laughs> this seems cool. I'm just looking at weird things. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine.
1: Yeah. And <laughs> I watched fun. someone else play it before me. who And I watched him play it for a good bit. Um, and he was trying to figure out a puzzle that I had figured out well before he did. But then he finally did and then he gave up playing it. So yeah. I on. But I didn't get a good feel for the puzzle... Solving in that game, in terms of like, are they sort of thematic of what you're doing? Is it matching symbols? Are you like? I think
0: it's out? all over the place,
1: and it seemed all over the place. Yeah, but I never, I never solved a puzzle by myself because I went through it backwards and I right. went so far that in like the eight minutes I played it, well there were I just there saw were a bunch of really weird stuff.
0: There there were puzzles like, um, there were puzzles like you know, you'll, you'll go to the, the uh, end of the room, there won't be a door there, you turn around, and then you turn around again, and there will be a door there. Those, which aren't really puzzles, it's just basically like, explore until you find the exit. That seems to be sort of the way the game was structured to me. It's um, like predicting behavior. I mean, eventually, Or yeah. trying to
1: influence it of like... Exactly. Once the player reaches this dead end, ideally they'll turn around right. thinking they've made a mistake. Right, exactly. And then they'll eventually come to the conclusion of, no, this has to be the right way.
0: And there was that other game there like that. Antichamber. Antichamber, right, yeah. exactly. Which I didn't really play, but it seemed really interesting and cool. Just wasn't as abstract. It was trying to be a little bit more clever. Little, yeah, I
1: would say it seemed a little too.
0: Like, forced.
1: Tongue in cheek, I guess. Like, oh, like, now the door's open! Yeah. Didn't expect that, did you? The one little, oh, have the have one little bit the that I watched of it, I actually did like. I think you were saying there with me, too, where the guy kept. There were two doors to go through. Mm hmm. And the doors just kept leading back around to the mm-hmm. room with the two doors. And the thing on the wall said, like, some choices are arbitrary. Uh-huh. And all he was supposed to do was actually go the opposite direction and not, right. not even make the choice. Right. I was like, that's pretty clever. Clever. Totally. The guy was standing there in, like, a suit. And he was just like, it's my game. Yeah. I like, I don't know.
0: I just, just didn't even want to do. approach that table because of the way the guy was standing there. Yeah. To be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. Was he wearing, like, a fucking lab coat or something.
1: No, he had like a suit. It's like a really he had like a white suit on, like a white jacket and white slacks with like a pink shirt. He had like a weird suit on for one It's day. cool
0: if you're trying to like present yourself in a weird way to sort of give your, your give your games. I mean, I mean if I was a game developer, that's what I would do. I'd probably like be in a cloak or something really off-putting. But uh I guess, I don't know. I mean, hey, that's that's Phil one way Fish to promote really yourself. hard
1: to approach, but I talked to him for a while. He was just like a weird guy.
0: Yeah. I don't know. But Cairo Kyro seems really interesting. Cube seems really interesting, too. I didn't play that. You did. I watched it a little bit, though. I think it's like Quick Understanding of Block Extraction is what it stands for. <laughs> okay. And it was described by the guy to me as uh, Mirror's Edge, Tetris, and some other game that I liked <laughs> some immensely. <laughs> some other game that's like a pillar. Yeah, of a pillar of my you. gaming. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, great. But it's like portally... You walk around rooms that are made entirely up of cubes, and you have the ability to extract these cubes from the wall. Different colored cubes extract in different ways, have different behaviors, and you're basically just trying to navigate out of these weird rooms. Uh, That's all there is to the game, but it's executed really well, and it looks really cool.
1: Yeah, it looks really nice. It just had like a nice look to it. Yeah. In terms of, like, I mean, you said it looks it's kind of portal yeah, and then it has that sterile clean room look. Sure, but it looked, it managed to look like Portal, but not looked, exactly like, but Portal. not copying it, right? But also not looking like uh, Cube the movie, <laughs> right? Which <is> just like <laughs> which is what I was feature thinking. Featureless,
0: <laughs> which is exactly the same <laughs> premise, basically. I mean, like yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not the exact same, but it's close, close, yeah. Uh, that and that. Lots of games influenced by Cube the movie, apparently. <laughs> I'm starting to think that
1: it's a crazy movie, man. Um. And then up on that same, or not up there, but in that same area, we played some of the uh, Digipen games. Which I think the last time we ever talked about a Digipen game was Igneous and apparently that just never got finished. That was the yeah. story. They just never got around to finishing it. Yeah. Never really moved on to something else. But they also had on demo, aside from a myriad of interesting games, uh, two. And actually, I'm not going to talk about Leshi because I don't think I can explain it well enough. But the one we both played is Nitronic Rush. Yeah.
0: Which, name aside, name aside, is a pretty good game. Interesting game. Yeah, I wish that game would come out on something. I mean, it's, it's released on PC, I understand, but it's not complete. However you define complete. Right. It's like a racing game. Like San Francisco Rush, mixed with Wipeout, mixed with, like, Monkey Ball, mixed with... Uh,
1: pilot wings. Pilot wings, know, in a way. In a way, for sure.
0: Mixed with Star Fox.
1: Star. I guess maybe Star Fox is more apt.
0: Yeah, it's just Ugh. a crazy game mixed with Tron. Um,
1: it's another weird theme. Tron. Cut that T E C games like Tron.
0: You know, I was thinking a couple of days that Tron is the West's aesthetic, and Japan's version of it I had pinned down, but I can't think of it now. God damn it. Ghost in the Shell. No. There's a very Japanese aesthetic that's like their Tron, and I can't fucking think about it. Now. Like that looks like Tron, or doesn't like their, necessarily their look like it. It's just their version of Tron. Man, I just had it. And I want to say it's moment.
1: like something that Shiro did, probably. It's not you though.
0: Think? No, not tank police it's, it's so obvious that if, when I rec- when I realize that I'm going to tell you, and you're going to be like, "Yeah, that that makes sense." I just can't think about it now. I'll think about it before the podcast is over, or I'll kill myself
1: man, now I can't <laughs> not thinking about that I know so Nitronic Rush that was pretty cool especially for uh, well, I shouldn't say especially for but the DigiPen kids they seem to kind of have their act together they do in terms of taking a concept and sort of trying to reach logical conclusion
0: I did get an annoying recruitment mail email did from, you? From yeah, from they, the seem comments a, they seemed
1: a little too eager
0: yeah. So just just like, like, ah, I don't really care about angels. your gear college. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I went to one of those for game design before. It was <laughs> embarrassing. Your game's totally fine. Your games are cool.
1: <laughs> So this brings us to our final two games, PAX 2011, and one of those games is Lollipop Chainsaw. Yeah, which is a game that. I feel like you got a really bad demo of.
0: Maybe. But maybe you just don't like it. I don't. Know. I don't know. As know. Much. I like the game a lot. I just don't think it's very. I don't really necessarily think the combat is that. I, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Seems like it's. I don't. I. It, it reminds me of No More Heroes, and at it some it's point
1: like, it feels like. It's sound People are gonna get tired of that. Yeah. No. Like that's. Like the story of a Suda Fifty One game is. Man, it looks cool. I dig the vibe, or its ethos, or whatever it's doing. Right,
0: but there's never a mechanic that but will drive you through play the game. In yeah, a way that engages me. There's never a mechanic in a Suda game that will drive you through the game. Shadows of the Damned. I don't know. I, notwithstanding, I don't really know if the mechanic is no, solid. Anything
1: before. in Shadows of the Damned that kept me playing was probably something Mikami did mechanically.
0: Well, he was responsible for the mechanics, from what I understand. So fifty Suda, fifty one. No, Makami. Oh. So everything. Yeah. mechanically. That's what same. I mean. Like yeah.
1: If Shadows of the Damned hadn't been as rewarding or fun to play, like just sort of really satisfying, it's that good. The mechanics of it, it's satisfying. I wouldn't say that it's amazing. It doesn't break any new ground. It's basically Resident. It's the game that it's the game that the few people who didn't like Resident Evil Four when it came out because of how it controlled. If it was this game, it would probably have been like unanimous that everyone wants it because it's just like a better controlling version of RE4 or 5 I guess because as far as I understand they're both pretty the same but uh, so Lollipop Chainsaw I guess it's another game Why well, I shouldn't say I like it I'm looking forward to it but I'm also glad that it exists even if yeah. I wasn't excited about it as I am I'd still be like I'm glad that game exists
0: it's a weird publishing partner to me Warner, Warner Brothers yeah. yeah very strange like I don't understand. It's cool. I don't. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I'm just saying. I don't really understand their thinking. Maybe I, they're just trying to diversify. And
1: I don't know because the woman I talked to. Well, they did make Mortal Combat. Who I said guess. she was a producer? Who said she was? I have no reason not to believe her. Was a producer of some type at some level at Warner Brothers. Seemed, I guess, surprisingly educated about suda 51* and even recent things. Like mm-hmm. she even mentioned like *Shadows of the Damned and how it like kind of sold poorly. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "We're not." We're going to try our best not to let that happen with this game.
0: All you have to do is have one commercial. And even
1: and even saying that because Shadows of the Damned was an EA game, yeah, was an EA game, but just sort of like the whole spiel she came out to me with of like, yeah, this and that, and we you know, yeah. we know how Shadows did, and we don't want that to happen to this game, and we really believe in Suda as a developer, and we think this is going to be great. And I it's like, wow, it's
0: interesting. Like, how did he find this? But I guess Warner Brothers has some good games. I just thinking back to the games they've released recently, they're all pretty high-quality games. I mean, Lollipop Chainsaw is undoubtedly going to be a really good game in terms of how well it's done. Like, how well it's executed. Because yeah. it already is amazingly executed. I mean, that's that's what I walked away from this demo thinking. Right. That it's it's going to be amazing. Uh, but Mortal Kombat... I mean, think about it. Warner Brothers is only like a two, three-year-old studio publisher.
1: I guess it is, huh? Because they have Arkham City... Yeah. And Mortal Kombat. And they bought Iidos, right? No. Yeah. No Square did. How'd they get Arkham City though? They bought Rocksteady?
0: I don't know if they bought Rocksteady. I don't City remember or how that just, happened. There was a whole bunch of shuffling where all
1: of a sudden it's like Warner Brothers has this now.
0: But their releases are pretty pretty well respected. Yeah. And all have scored pretty well.
1: Bastion. Bastion too,
0: yeah, that's like another that's like a critical hit too.
1: So <laughs> I don't. I don't know why. I, I don't know why I picked this to end on, but binary domain. <laughs> uh,
0: because it was the best game there. Are you yeah? kidding me? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm not saying it's a bad game. It's just. What? Yeah, I guess it is.
0: Binary domain yeah. was the best game I played at PAX. Easily. That game was fun. That game was amazing. That game was fun. <laughs> I. I really don't even know what to say. I'm I don't either. But the. Trying I, to write something about it, the biggest it thing I
1: could compliment it on is a multitude of things, but the. Uh, one thing I could say that it's like it's almost identically gears, but doesn't feel like it somehow.
0: Right, which is again kind of an amazing. accomplishment. Totally. Um, robot animation. I see the robot Amazing.
1: Conceptualization, design, and animation combined. Yeah. Is in terms of what in terms of what it looks like isn't new, but in terms of seeing it in a game and seeing it in a Japanese game, mm-hmm. is really surprising.
0: You know, like they I got have...
1: the Terminator thing down. Oh, really well. Perfect. Yeah. You know, I was
0: thinking that the team that's making it, obviously responsible for Yakuza and everything, the narratives in those stories are pretty complicated from like a soap opera perspective. They're not necessarily amazing. They're just complicated. Mm-hmm. You know, There's a lot going on in the background. And they haven't really delved into how much of that there's going to be in this game yet.
1: Yeah, I didn't really get into it hardly in the demo. But at least I didn't Do you think
0: there's going to be a lot? Or it's going to be basically like, this level's get to the resonator. This level, you're underground in a subway, get to the resonator. Mm. Like, do you think it's just going to be uh, one chapter to the next without a lot of exposition? Or do you think it's going to be like a really sort of drawn in, almost like role-playing game style game? I really feel like it's going to be a mix between a role-playing game and... Uh, a shooter. I Primarily because. In
1: terms of, like, putting things. Like, if you put an engrossing character driven story at one end. Yeah. Let's say that's, like, a Mass Effect. And then you put, like, a Get to the Resonator, which is Gears 1. Yeah. At the other end. I think it'll straddle both of those. I think it'll probably sit pretty much in the middle. Hmm. In terms of, like,. How those characters influence the story will be really mechanical. Mm-hmm. Like in level five, one character will be in critical danger of dying. Mm-hmm. Which character that is is kind of up to your actions leading up to level five. Right. It will like that event will always happen. I feel like that's kind of how it will be. And I'm not saying that in a bad way or a good way. Yeah, I, I don't think like there'll
0: be choices. In other words, I don't think that'll be.
1: I guess I feel like the relationships between characters will be better developed than a game like that. They typically have?
0: I think, though, I mean, if you... I, I don't know
1: how to say that, I guess.
0: Do you remember the item shop? Yeah. How cool that looked. It was sort of like a Final Fantasy 13. Cool yeah, it was sort of like a Final Fantasy 13 style item shop. Kiosk-type thing. That sort of, touristically expands in front of you. And I mean, there's that. Which reminds me a lot of 13, for example. But there, uh, I found this GameSpot article...
1: I guess it did look
0: a lot, yeah. And uh, it had all this concept art for the game that I've never seen before. And I was I was looking for mech concept art, right? But most of the concept art was of like the corporation who's building the robots, in, uh, corporate headquarters, and like what their clean rooms look like, <laughs> and like their CEO, what he looks I, like. I guess, which if... makes me think it's going to be more story driven than their putting out there right now?
1: Yeah. It's hard to tell from that demo. No, yeah. Because no one wants to watch a cutscene on a demo, really. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of impossible to tell. But I guess if I... as my brain's kind of putting all the pieces together. (laughs) That game was way more evocative than a game of its type has been for me. Oh, yeah. Maybe ever. Like, in terms of the robots being kind of genuinely scary or, like, creepy and, like, kind of off-putting yeah. in a way that makes you want to, like, rally against them and defeat them. Yeah. And so, and hopefully, supposedly, you will actually end up coming out of that game caring about the characters that are in it. Yeah. More than... Beard! Resonator!
0: Fucking gears, man, <laughs> Right, <laughs> right. Like,
1: you'll actually... The choices you make in terms of which characters you pick and stick with will be motivated more by who they are as a character than what they like yeah. do. It's right. like, I need the sniper person. Right. Thing. Also, the girl they had there never broke character. Although that was kind of impressive.
0: <laughs> yeah, the girl with the sniper rifle who uh-huh. was just pointing it at people's heads. Yeah, Yeah. She, she never did break character. That was impressive. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. You have, you have reached, reached the end th- d- of this episode of the podcast in Space, space, where